Now, a number of months ago, what started this whole series was a guy out of the blue sends me this random email saying, uh, you're an apostate preacher because you guys don't follow the Mosaic Law. That was, that was basically the statement. And uh, at one point, he's trying to prove his case, and he invokes the great theologian F.F. F. Bruce. And he quotes F.F. F. Bruce in there, something about uh, some aspect of statement about Mosaic Law, this kind of thing. Well, I knew immediately F.F. F. Bruce's uh, theology on this topic because I'd studied it before. So I immediately get a commentary on F.F. F. Bruce on this topic, and F.F. F. Bruce on this very text says, this is clearly a statement by Paul that the Mosaic Law is no longer an obligation, not even to a first century Jewish person who is a believer in Christ Jesus. And so I sent that back to the individual, and his response was, well, F.F. F. Bruce is just a man. He's not perfect. And I'm like, right, but you invoked him as a scholar, as an excellent scholar. Those are the words you used. And so when I point out to you this excellent scholar is taking the interpretation that's plainly obvious in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, you tell me, well, he's not perfect. I, I concur he's not perfect, but he is a very good scholar. And the natural reading of the text by people like Gordon Fee and F.F. F. Bruce and Douglas Moo, along with a whole host of other individuals, read these texts that say individuals can keep Mosaic Law observance, but not out of obligation. If they're doing it as a spiritual part of their life, or they're doing it so as to not cause a stumbling block to a Jewish unbeliever, totally fine. But there's no obligation for this. And for Gentiles in the year 2022 in, say, Grand Prairie, Texas, uh, to follow the Mosaic Law out of obligation is completely disconnected from both the Scripture and uh, certainly from any sense of how uh, Gentiles are seen coming historically into the Gospel. And so when we look at the role of the Mosaic Law, again, this is not to say the Mosaic Law is bad or that it's irrelevant or unimportant. It's critical. It's vital. But Jesus lives it out for us so that now we live not according to the law, but according to the Spirit. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 7. He says, there, there's this great text, I, uh, one of my favorite texts in the Bible, and it's one of my favorite texts because it has a specific memory for me, is I had landed in Bhopal, India, and I was uh, supposed to just go check out this children's home and a, a college and seminary. And I land in Bhopal and I get off the airplane and I was going to go from there on to a couple other places in India, visit friends. And I get off the airplane and the guy that picks me up says, hey, uh, we were going to have you preach once while you were here. I know we told you that. And they, they were going to have you speak once. He goes, but the other two guys who were supposed to be on the, the main speakers for this thing, their visas had expired. They didn't know it. They showed up at the airport. They wouldn't let them on the airplane. And he says, how are you with Romans chapter 7, verse 6? And so I was then asked to speak about 10 times over the next three or four days on this verse, Romans 7, 6, where he says, But now that we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we may serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the law. And when you read the entire context of this, the entire context is that the law is like a spouse, and we're married to the law, and the, the, then Jesus comes, that law dies when Jesus died on the cross, bearing the sin of the law and bearing the full responsibility of the law. And now that Jesus died and risen again from the dead, we're now severed from that first spouse, the law, and now married, as it were, in the, in the power of the Spirit to Christ Jesus. And so the picture there is that the law is like a spouse that has died. There's no obligation to the spouse that has died. 
And uh, so that's the picture there. And then they, when I got off the airplane, they asked me to speak on that. Well, I started just pouring over the text. In fact, I had about 30 minutes between, or about an hour between the time they picked me up and the first session. And so I just started pouring over the text. And I had an opportunity over three days to, to lay out Romans 6, 7, and 8, which includes a really powerful text about the fact that now as believers in Christ Jesus, we walk according to Spirit with the, with the desire to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. And that the law is not a reforming, a purifying tool. It, it, in fact, it's counterproductive in a life of purity. But walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and imitating Christ in his life is the key to that. And so I think what we find in the New Testament is that the believer's obligation is to live like Christ. Now, some might say, well, Jesus lived according to the law. But Jesus himself in his ministry renounced dietary rules, check Mark's gospel, things like that. We see the New Testament renounce circumcision. We see the New Testament renounce observance of specific days as obligation, as legal obligation. You can do it if you're Jewish or you're Gentile and want to do that. But you cannot do it as you've got to do this or you're not saved or you've got to do this or you're not walking with the Lord. To me, that's a, a bridge way too far. And Paul in this 1 Corinthians 9 text is so clear. He says, even though me, a Jew, a Pharisee, I might, have, uh, I might be observing the law, but I have no obligation to it. I'm really doing it just so that my Jewish brother doesn't stumble as I share with him about Jesus Christ. So for us, I think when we look at the law... We need to look at it through those through those lenses, the lens of fulfillment in Christ, the lens of its importance to Jewish history and biblical history, our understanding of New Testament in light of the Old Testament, but also seen as completely fulfilled and now as being completely fulfilled is set aside for a new covenant, which is known as the New Testament. We're now under a new covenant, and that's how the believer now lives.